Thank you for listening to a dog training podcast that is like no other. We talk real, we share information based on 25 years of training dogs and working with their owners. Sit back and enjoy our podcast that will create more questions than you started with. If you find yourself wanting more, please join us in our dog community at dogtraining360.com and ask all of your questions. We hope to see you there. Hi all, this is Joe Dickinson, dog trainer of 25 years, dog behavior specialist, cowgirl, horse trainer, animal and people lover, book author, entrepreneur, and business owner. I am talking to you from, well, anywhere in the world actually. I do travel a lot, but my home base is my family ranch in Ogden, Utah, where I live with my humans, our five dogs, seven horses, three cats, and many sheep and chickens. My passion is helping people build the human-animal bond through connection and training. I love teaching people how to train their own dogs, and my specialty is knowing that there is not just one way to do this. Dogs and people are all individuals. My goal is to help you find methods and tools that work for you, your dogs, and your current life situation. I'm a published author of the book, available on Amazon, Training Through the Eyes of Your Dog. I am excited for you to join me in Dog Training 360, where I will share my successful tips and training methods gained by working with thousands of dogs and their families for over two decades. I can't wait to go on this journey together with you and your dog. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Rebecca Dixon, pediatrician, dog trainer, horseback rider, and animal lover talking to you from Costa Rica where I live with my family, including Oxford the Border Terrier and Mocha the German Shepherd. In my United States-based pediatric medical career, I spent 23 years working to improve the lives of children and their families, first through public health research and then as a pediatrician. I spent eight years as an ICU doctor taking care of children and their families during the most challenging times of their lives, and then three years as a community-based general pediatrician. I am a pediatric researcher and published author in the areas of teenage parenting, adolescent health, and pediatric traumatic injury. In the summer of 2021, my wife and I officially embarked on a new adventure by retiring from medicine and moving from the United States to Costa Rica with my 80-year-old mother. Today, I am thriving by immersing myself in a brand new culture and language, learning new sports like surfing, growing vegetables in our yard, and playing with our dogs on the beaches and tropical jungles that surround our new home. For the past 12 years, I've been a boots-on-the-ground regular dog owner, just trying to work full-time and learn how to raise and train my own dogs, including a leash-reactive rescue dog and two puppies. Through my life in medicine and my life as a dog owner, I know, based on research and personal experience, that dogs contribute positively to human health. I am super excited to join Dog Training 360 so that I can share my tips, tricks, and learnings with you so that you can improve the relationship that you have with your own dogs. Hey everybody, it's Joe and Rebecca with Dog Training 360, and we are going to talk today about separation anxiety in dogs. And um, I feel like it's a big topic in as we're coming out, or I don't know if coming out of COVID is the right word, but as we're coming through COVID and, and many people have purchased um, or adopted or acquired um, dogs through, um, through COVID because we were home. We felt like we had the time to put into a dog. We felt like we needed a dog to help us kind of cope through it. And um, 
and they're as we're coming um, into getting life out and about more and we're able to go eat out to dinner and we're being called into the office more. Uh, we're being called to conventions and meetings and maybe not necessarily a hundred percent out of the home, but we're now leaving the home and dogs are getting anxious because they're not quite sure really what's going on and changes change can be super hard for, for animals. Um, and so what we would like to do is talk about separation anxiety and kind of the key elements to it and some of the key elements to, uh, you know, starting the road of recovery, if you will. Um, Rebecca, what, uh, what's, what's some of the, what's the first thing that you would say to somebody that has a dog that's struggling with, um, separation anxiety, or maybe talk about from, I mean, I know you're not a veterinarian, but the, um, the emotional side of anxiety is the same or the, um, symptoms are very similar. In people Mm -hmm. and dogs Mm -hmm. is what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's very important to realize that it's, it's a real thing. It's, Mm -hmm. it's something that your dog is, is truly going through, if that makes sense, rather than a bad behavior. Yeah. Um, and, and to, to have the empathy and to, and to understand that it's, it's real for your dog. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, and then the second piece to that is that, um, it's also something that can be improved and be, um, I don't necessarily want to say fixed maybe yeah. because yeah. everybody's different and every dog is different, but, but it can definitely, the symptoms can lessen with appropriate management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is the same with human beings is having, giving our dogs the tools to be successful through it. And you know what the outcome in it is, is different but they have the tools to work through it and can manage through it and be successful canine citizens and, and good members of the family for sure. Um, let's, let's talk about with, with anxiety, it, it more manifests itself with dogs is the, the unknown, maybe the what ifs, um, they don't have a thought process like that as far as, oh my gosh, what if they don't come home? But they feel the alone. They feel alone. They feel vulnerable um, when everybody's been home and then the kids go back to school and now you're, you know, as an adult, you're heading out to work. Um, the college kids are now heading back to college instead of online that they feel vulnerable. Their pack is gone. And, um, they go into the survival mode and you do see behaviors around it. And so maybe your dog doesn't, you don't feel like they have separation anxiety, but they've got these behaviors of now they've started barking or they've started chewing on the wall or they've, you know, they're not eating, um, or they're jumping and and biting now when I get home. Um, those are all signs of anxiety or stress um, that the dog is is going through, uh, and and we would define that as some form or some level of anxiety. And um, the 
the kind of the key things to think about with anxiety is consistency. And Rebecca, when I say consistency, what does that look like from a dog's perspective? It looks like the a predictable thing happening yeah. after a predictable cue yes. or a, after a cue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so not necessarily like every day at six o'clock I wake up. Right. But every day I wake up and I get pet on the head and I get taken out to go potty. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So creating the consistencies of not, you know, don't be random right now. Like we are going to get up and I am going to touch you on your head and we are going to go out to go to the bathroom that that's being consistent. And that doesn't mean those things have to stay that way every morning, but as we're helping our dogs, our, we have to think about the, the behaviors that we can do to be consistent with our routine or our rhythm of the household. Um, so let's, let's jump into, um, the next thing that we have to think about is routines. And when, when I say routines, what does that feel like? Yeah, that's a really important one. And it's, Mm -hmm. I think often really confusing to people because, um, we think of routines a bit differently than dogs because we're very time clock oriented and, and dogs are more, um, routine oriented, which gets similar to the consistency example, they, um, they need routines that are predictable. And so if um, every day, you go out and go potty, or the dog goes out and goes potty, Uh (laughs) and then, you know, comes back inside, and then you go take a shower, and then you leave the house, like that kind of routine is something that the dog begins to understand yeah. and 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 then understands what to anticipate happens next. Right. right. Yeah. And um and you're right it doesn't it's not about a time. It's about what does what does the morning rhythm look like and I like to use that word rhythm because um no matter what if we get up at five o'clock or we get up on Saturday morning at seven o'clock our rhythm is the same and, and our routines are the same. And so dogs thrive in routines. When I come in, I go to my crate. When I come in, I go get on my bed. When I come in, I go say hi to, you know, this little person. Or when, you know, you come home from work, this is what we do. And so it, there's not this unknown of what's next and what are we doing? Are you leaving? And how is that going to look? And so the routines, um, and consistency around that there's tools that we can use to help the dog stabilize. And it doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter how long that you've been doing this, but if we crate train our dogs or, bring the crate back out or, you know, start all over, whatever it is, you're going to have a crate and that crate is their bedroom. It's not a, it's not a cage. It's not this terrible thing that you're trying to create. It's, this is your safe place. And a lot of, 
a lot of things happen around the crate and that becomes the constant and the comfortable and the routine around it because there's always routines around the crate. So Rebecca, talk a little bit about routines around, you know, Oxford and, and Mocha's crate. What's some of the routines that happen around it? Yeah, they they definitely have very um, hardwired routines at this point so that if, if we're, if um, our household is off of our routine, mm-hmm. Mocha, the German Shepherd in particular, will just kind of herd us to the crate because the routine is every afternoon, kind of no matter what time, but sometime afternoon-ish, they go take a nap in their Mm -hmm. crate. Mm -hmm. And they can be asleep on the deck and then the afternoon time comes and Mocha starts getting a little fidgety and she just starts kind of like wandering, getting us all to kind of go downstairs. Yeah, yeah. And then they get settled into their crate and then similarly, when crate time is over in the later afternoon, again, it doesn't really, we don't have a, you know, four hour period or whatever that later afternoon time is that they come out of their crates. Yeah. We have to play. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Mocha's agenda is, I mean, our our family agenda, yeah, but Mocha is very becomes, used yeah. to the rhythm of we come out of the crate and we go play. Yeah. And um, I think it's important to stick in here that those routines and rhythms can change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I'm now owned by Mocha. And right, if, right. you know, the four o'clock time comes and I just can't play because we have a meeting, yeah. she'll get over it. Right. But yeah her expectation and our family's rhythm is that we go play and then we come and we have dinner. Yeah. Um, and, and she, they both, both dogs love that yeah. and they're just, they're very comfortable in that routine. Yeah. And it's something that you've created that you enjoy doing that that's your time to, to spend with them. Right. So yeah, I mean, even if that afternoon time is six o'clock, it's still part of the, the routine and the rhythm of this is, this is what we do. And now it's, you know, we're going to go play. So I think it's important to um, really wrap your brain around having a dog with anxiety that the crate is such a safe, lovely place that you can create so many wonderful routines around that will help calm your dog's mind and that will help settle them and that will help them understand that they're not unsafe and that they're not alone Um, They're in their den and we now have to go out and start hunting in the dog's mind, in the dog's world. We go to work, we're going out hunting. And when we come home from hunting, one of the first things that I recommend for people to do is um, when you come home, you don't automatically run to the crate. You get yourself settled, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, put your, you know, briefcase down, you know, whatever that is, and then take them in a treat that they only get when you come home from work. And it's a special one and it's a little bit higher value. And it's not, here's a big bone to chew on. It's like, here's a little tendon or here's a little chew or here's, you know, a pumpkin something, um, that it, I've been out hunting all day for this special treat and, um, and I brought it to you. And so the dog knows that when the pack leaves the den, they're out hunting and that they're going to be provided for. And that's one of the things that trigger anxiety is they don't know if they're going to be provided for because they're now vulnerable and not feeling safe. And so when we can say we're out hunting for food 
and and here's here's this lovely thing that I found you. Um, it that goes a long way with helping settle all based around the crate. Crate is first. They're they're in the crate when you're gone, and that's an important element of creating consistency around that. With um, as we step into you know other things that help with anxiety. Um, the, the element of, um, as we talk about routines and consistency, there's also a level of expectations that we need to have on our dog. And Rebecca, how is, you know, how does having your dog work and do some obedience stuff every day? Um, how is that helping with anxiety? Well, the dog's really regardless of whether they're working dogs or lap dogs they thrive on routines as we said but we but they also thrive on stimulation and yeah. whether that's physical stimulation or mental stimulation mm-hmm. they they need those things to be a balanced dog and yeah. so the training piece of it and the obedience piece of it um is as they're learning a stimulating learning experience for them and then once they have those behaviors solid it's it gets back to i think routines and consistency yeah. they can fall back on you can help them with their behaviors by giving them um, obedience things mm-hmm. that they know to be successful yeah. that lets them settle into a routine you know go to your bed or or sit and you know, yeah. lie down right now and everything's going to yeah. be okay. And they can say, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's building confidence that, um, oh yeah, I know how to do that and I can do that for you and that we're going to connect and everything's back to normal. Everything's, you know, okay. Um, one of the things that happens with anxiety as we come home and our dogs get super clingy to us and they, you know, some of them are just jumping and climbing and just like they, they can't get away from you and you, you, you know, everywhere you at, they're like stuck to your side and that's lovely and it's good, but it's not appropriate. There's just not, you, you can't maintain that and it's not a healthy relationship and nobody wants that friend. And so, um, a piece that I like to teach is a go to your bed and, and how, how, Rebecca, do you think that that um, can help with anxiety? Well, it gives the dog a, a place to, to go, to be safe, that's their own, um, and creates a sense of independence, but also that connection through mm-hmm. the training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it helps them be okay um, go being sent away from you and... Like you can go away from me, just like I can go away from you. Um, let's let's touch a little bit on loose leash walking, and I think this falls into um, expectations. And what does loose leash walking do for anxiety? Well, it it gives your dog. I mean, a, having a loose leash walk is a walk together as a as a team it's no one is is dragging the other person no Mm -hmm. one is on their own agenda you're together um doing something as a team and and so if you can help your dog to be able to walk nicely on a leash Mm -hmm. then you can have that connection through the leash connection through an adventure together um but 
do it together. Yeah, yeah. And and to add that, um, it's much more relaxing not pulling on the leash for both human and dog. It's you're going out for a stroll, not we're at the end of a string being yanked around and so there's definitely a call there's a calming effect to now we're going to go out hunting kind of feel and it's going to be calm and we're going to be quiet and um there's no tension within that um two other two other pieces that kind of go hand in hand and one is is back tying and i like to use back tying more when we're home and maybe out doing, you know, yard work and, and being outside or the kids are playing and back tying is having your dog on a leash hooked to something, whether it's the rail on the, the stairway, you know, to go outside or to a post or, you know, something that they can't move, but, um, having them tied up where they get to watch what's going on and not be in the middle of everything and helps them be calm. Again, we're building confidence and building a dog that says, I'm okay by myself because everything is fine. Um, How do you feel like, Rebecca, you know, adding one more piece into this of being away from our dogs is putting them in a stay? What does that do with, as it relates to anxiety? that also builds confidence mm-hmm. because it allows them to recognize that they can be you know follow follow some direction yeah and then be be left um yeah. you know you can walk away the human you can walk away from the dog yep. have the dog staying and have them understand that it's not going to be forever. It's not, you know, they're yeah. not staying away from you forever, but it's, it's that you can, the human can move away. The dog can stay there. Yep. Um, so the biggest thing that's happening in this whole situation is we're teaching the dog to be okay away from you in a sense. We're working on obedience, which is learning. We're using the crate. We're having them back tied. We're asking them to stay. We're walking on a loose leash, holding them accountable and having expectations on them that it's calm. We're going to be okay. We don't need to create more tension in our obedience. We want to teach them. And so um, separation anxiety is, there's a lot more, there's a lot more to this and uh, where you can find more information and more about separation anxiety and the videos to teach you how to do all of this is in our Dog Training 360 community where we go a bit more in depth on the anxiety piece and other tools that could be used to help th- you know your dog through this. Some of the how-tos um, and then also joining our community to uh to also you know purchase the separation anxiety package that is very detailed on how how to get your dog through it thank you for being a part of our dog training podcast our goal is to help you train through the eyes of your dog we want you to go on amazing adventures and accomplish all your dog training goals for more dog training adventure 
read our blog, and join our dog training community at dogtraining360.com. You can find us on Instagram at dog underscore training underscore 360 and all other social media channels from TikTok to LinkedIn under Dog Training 360. We would love it if you shared your dog training journey with us. Now let's get into training.